everyone and welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast. Uh, I am your host for this week, Matt, as Daryl is out with injury and illness uh, after going in for a knee off on Monday, which didn't quite go to plan um, as it was a lot worse than first feared. So, And he's also now under the weather. So he's not here today. Instead, I am just joined by Jamie. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, not bad. It's fucking hot, but... Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, it is warm and it? it is very warm. Um, other than that, can't really complain. Uh, counting down to the weekend. It's my birthday tomorrow, so uh, turning the big 3-0. So I'm officially getting old. But other yeah. than that, it's just going to be... To be fair, with a hairdo like that, people probably thought you were older than 30. Well, there's no need for that. It's not receding or anything, <laughs> is it? It's just, it's just a buzz. No, nah, nah, it isn't receding, which is quite impressive. In this weather, you need a nice thin sheet on top. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, so we are here on what day is it? It's Thursday, isn't it today? Um, yeah. On Thursday afternoon, uh, obviously, we opened up the season on Sunday uh, against reigning champions and potentially champions elect again this season. Uh, Manchester City, uh, a 2-0 defeat, which I think was pretty much expected. Uh, and it was that man, Erling Haaland, on both occasions with the goals, which, again, I don't think surprised anyone. Um, before I get too much into the game itself, obviously you were there. Um, what was it like being back? New season, new atmosphere? Was it? Was, did you Have you missed it? I didn't really think I got... I'd never felt like I missed it because it felt like the off-season wasn't very long. Like, the off-season felt like it just never happened. So, felt like last season ended literally a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. Uh, good to be back. Obviously, not nice starting against City at home. Like, you couldn't have asked probably a tougher game to start. So, yeah, that was hard. But, ultimately, can only get better. Like... Every other team we're going to play in the league finished lower than them last year. That's one positive. But yeah, uh, it was good to be back. Bloody hot day. Really hot. Yeah, it was, weren't it? We were, so obviously me and Daryl were both playing uh, in the President's Day at cricket. So that was very warm while we were out there. Uh, obviously, you came over there in the morning before you went off to the game. It was it was a struggle, but mm. it was, uh, at least we got to watch a bit of the football inside while we, while we were batting. So we, we didn't miss it all, thankfully, although maybe it would have been a blessing in disguise if we didn't have to watch it because it was pure domination from City from start to finish, really, wasn't it? Apart from cool. maybe the first three minutes where we had um, a Bowen block shot and an Antonio header that just went over, yeah. and that was pretty much as good as it got for us, I think. What about what did you think of the game overall? It's so much better than everyone, aren't they? And But then, as I said to one of my mates, like, he went... Neat. Neither Fabianski or Ariola had to pull off a save. But the two chances they did create fell to their absolutely world-class, brilliant striker who just took them, won the penalty, finished the goal for the second so easily. They're just going to be so much better this year because they might create less chances, but He's going to be a lot better. He's going to outperform XG. He's going to be up there for Golden Boot if he stays fit. And yeah, they just 
it felt like a training game. Like they never felt like they got out of second or third gear. Like they just seemed so confident. And last year when we played them, we were so good on the counter, but we just couldn't get that going today. Like on Sunday, it was just a struggle, a real struggle. So disappointing, but not many teams are going to get points against City this year. So yeah, just got to hope for the best. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, did, I did predict we wouldn't score because yeah. all last year scoring, it, it was always going to end in the first game of this season. You were right, and uh, that was reflected in the predictions as well, um, which we'll come on to later when we talk oh, a little bit about the Forest game. <laughs> that was that was just silly. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about the actual incidents in the game then. So obviously Fabianski came off injured. Um, fairly early on, looked like a, a blow to the hip in a coming for a cross. There was him, Cresswell, and Harland all sort of in a bit of a heap on the floor, uh, which obviously brought Ariola on. And I think it, I think part of that is why he gave away the penalty. Five minutes later, he's not really up to the pace of the game yet. He's not really warm. He's just come on and he's got second to the ball. But mm. I think it's safe to say no complaints that it was a penalty. Yeah, it was Stonewall. Like I was right behind it. I saw it clearly, and. You know what football fans can be like. Not one person around me moaned, so that does tell you um, that it was Stonewall. And but there was people on social media blaming Ariola straight away, going, "Oh, it's poor." That's such a typical thing for keepers to give away a penalty. There, Fabianski's done it before. Like it happens. So yeah, it was just disappointing for them to obviously go one in up with a penalty. Like at what minute was the goal? About the thirtieth. I will tell you exactly when it was, but yeah, it was around then. Maybe a little like, bit earlier. But yeah, like it was disappointing. But then after that, the whole tempo of the game felt different. They just felt so comfortable. Apart from maybe a little 10-minute flurry before they scored their seconds. Yeah, it was yeah. the 36th minute actually, later than I thought. Wow, that's a lot later. Yeah, so we didn't make late. it through till... Uh, a little bit longer than we thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, then obviously we get into the second half. Um, I think 1-0 at half-time, we probably would have would have taken that on the, on the balance of play. Um, but obviously then we started to bring in some changes. Scamacha came on, uh, which is obviously the one people wanted to see. What did you make of his performance? I thought he looked good when he came on. I thought he was decent. Yeah, he looked lively. The effort that he was offside... Was a good effort, even though I know he's offside, but he took it well. Like he looked lively. Look, bear in the head, and I remember, like, because he's really good at his feet for a six foot five lad. His numbers show that he's actually really good with the ball at his feet, and he works hard. But he looked good in the air as well, which was a nice, nice addition. So I'd like to see him start on Sunday because I think what while he was on the pitch, he gave a lot more than Antonio. It just, yeah, I thought he looked good. He, the early signs were promising, really promising. Yeah, I think he, I don't think he'll start this weekend. Uh, I think he'll he'll probably be on the bench again. But I think this is like make or break for Antonio in a game against the Forest side where he will need to, like, you, you can get away with a poor performance against City because it's expected, you're not really expected to do much in the game. Mm. If you play poorly against the newly promoted side, then you've got someone waiting in the wings to come and take your place. 
who were very poor at the weekend from all accounts as well. All accounts were against Newcastle. They weren't good. They were lucky to only lose 2-0. And it took a wonder goal from Shah that no one walks away from that game going, Nots Forest deserves something. And look, that like Jesse Lingard had a good debut. So his second game is going to be so much better. Yeah, that will be absolutely typical, but we will come on to that. Um, so, yeah, we then obviously got through to the second half um, with Scamatra on, but then uh, it was only a matter of time before it happened again, wasn't it? Um, De Bruyne found a pocket of space uh, just on the inside right channel and filtered, like just played through a beautiful ball onto a run of Erling Haaland, who mm. took it inside on his left foot and slotted it past Ariola. I did see someone say, um, I can't remember which journalist it was, who said, don't worry if you miss this goal, you'll probably see it another 20 times this season. A De Bruyne mm-hmm. through ball with a Haaland finish through one-on-one. Um, yeah. I'd say it was quite easy, but I don't really know what you can do to stop it either. Uh, yeah. Like, this is the thing. Like As games stretch later in the year when teams need to start coming out more at City and teams are going to be a little bit more open, Haaland and KDB are just going to have field days. Like they're going to open up teams and going to just be brilliant, and that's where the difference I think comes into them this year. Um, yeah, I, I you could probably say we could close the players down a bit more, but I'm clutching at straws because I was down the other end of the stadium and I said that looked way too easy, and then you watch it on like replay, yeah, it was too easy, but I also felt like I, did, I wouldn't know how to stop that. Like, we were 1-0 down and we were on top of the game when they scored. Like, at that moment in time, we were the better side. Yeah. So, you're going to have more men forward. So, yeah, it's disappointing that, as you said, this can happen a lot more this year. Haaland's not going to finish the season on two goals. I can just call you <laughs> of that. It, it, it is, it's a scary thought, to be honest with you, just how many goals he's going to get this season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he pushed the 40-goal barrier if he stays fit for the entire season because the players he's got creating chances for him and obviously his actual ability to finish them is just probably second to none in the world right now in terms of goal scorers. And as we now see, he's on pens. Like I guess that was one thing that we weren't 100% on, but he's definitely on pens this year. So that's going to help inflate his numbers. So, yeah, I still think there's value. In Mohamed Salah, Golden Boot winner on Sky Bear. I've checked, he's at fours. And I think you're betting against someone who's year in, year out, been one of the best players in the league. I just don't get how you can't back Salah to get goals this year. But Haaland's going to be up there come May, June next year. It will not be a shock. And I guess the thing for both of these, they're both not going to the World Cup, so they're both going to have a month's rest when everyone else is going to be fatigued. Yeah, that is big. I think that I think don't think people are really considering that enough this year and how much of a difference it's going to make and how much of an impact it's going to have on the league. So mm. it will be very interesting to see. Question um, FPL question. Who did you have up top? I had Haaland and Jesus and I had Wilson on the bench, which wasn't wow. the best move. Yeah, well um, to be fair, uh the amount of people now are absolutely fuming that I came over. Harland are struggling because I'm happy I had Harland, but 
and yeah, then no. on Sunday night, Kane dropped and Haaland went up in price. So you could, if you didn't yeah. make the switch on Sunday, you were too late to make it unless you yeah. got money in the bank. Uh, but I haven't got Salah in my team, so mm-hmm. that's oh well. Bold. Yeah, it is bold, but it came, it paid off all right this week. Ended up with seventy points, so I'll take that with a, a Salahless team. Yeah, I went for my reasoning is I went, I wanted Trent and Robertson. I'm getting well off topic here, but I wanted Trent and Robertson. Um, and I thought Diaz is a very good option into that Liverpool attack in three at eight mil. Um, and he had a disallowed goal and he hit the post. So I think there's still value there. On FBL, I was fuming at the end of the City game as my first sub was Martinelli. So I thought I'd put him in start and I've turned out I didn't. And my only player I was waiting on is Morris. So I was like, Typical. culty, like, yeah, Morris ain't coming on. And then my mate went to me, Jamie, look at the touchline. And I went, fuck off. Seven <laughs> points that cost me. Otherwise, I'd have been in the 80s this week. But yeah, not a bad start. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that was pretty much it. Once that second goal went in, it was game over. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we really had another chance after that. I think they just sort of, they saw it out at a canter, really. They Then they brought on. Like when you're when you're bringing on players like Bernardo Silva, Julian Alvarez, Riyad Mahrez, Calvin Phillips, um, just at the end of a game to see it out there. And this is the whole five subs thing we've spoken about. Uh, everyone's spoken about. It's really going to favour the big teams because it's one thing when you're winning, but if you're chasing a game like if City are chasing a game and you've got all this talent you can throw on, mm. you can just throw everything at it and see what sticks. I like. I I don't think in the City Liverpool games, City versus uh, Tottenham or Tottenham v Arsenal, you'll see it. I still mm. think it'll be very. It's going to be the games where Crystal Palace are one nil up against Tottenham with ten minutes left, and that's when you're going to notice it. That's when the real difference is going to come in, because if Crystal Palace are one nil down against Tottenham, they might have two, three members on the uh, players on the bench they trust. Tottenham could turn to people like Richarlison. Uh, I'm trying to think of everyone else they've got. Um, oh, I've gone blank. Uh, Charles, even if even if you like Kudasevsky, Benton Core, like yeah. some of the players that they've got sitting in the wings waiting to come on, um, it's probably really not the same depth that clubs like Liverpool and City have got, but it's a, certainly more of a wealth of talent that you've got at teams like even at our level who are still pushing for Europe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's when I think you'll notice it. But yeah, it's, it didn't really, it weren't the reason we lost this weekend. But I think that's what people are going to notice as the season goes on. But this game week, did you think there was any big shocks early on? Anything that surprised you? Because I don't think there was, apart from maybe Bournemouth Fulham. Yeah, Bournemouth Fulham was a surprise. Um, Bournemouth are a lot of people's picks to go down. Um, I think yeah. I, I think I had to certainly predicted them on last week's pod, and so did you. Yeah, uh, Daryl didn't. Funny enough, uh, but Daryl and yourself both predicted Fulham, who obviously had a very very good result with their two draw against Liverpool. Mitrovic bagging a brace. Um, maybe Mitrovic will finally. He's only one goal behind his tally for his last Premier League season two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I guess I'm also happy born with one because I hate Aston Villa. I just, I hate how much people are hyping them up. So to see them lose their first game of the season, fucking buzzing. So yeah, I guess I, 
everyone raved about Notts Forest, yet they were easily the worst team this game week. Uh, and yet Bournemouth and Fulham, who everyone went, is going to struggle, looked pretty good. Like, if Fulham play the same style of football they played against Liverpool, they're going to be a fun team to watch and play against this year. Like, definitely. Not, definitely a bit of fun. And they've got a new centre-half. They have indeed, which we will talk about in a little bit when we discuss West Ham's transfers. One thing I do want to just talk about quickly from this game was our back line. Mm. So we started with Soufal, um on the right, Cresswell on the left, and Johnson um, inside with Zuma in a back four. Um, and Harlan sort of obviously gravitated towards Johnson as the non-natural centre-half. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think Ben Johnson had a particularly bad game. I think he slotted in there fairly well. But when you're playing against the probably the best number nine in the world, you're obviously going to have a real test. Um, yeah. And we're now looking, obviously, we need some more bodies in that centre of defence. Dawson wasn't fit, obviously. Aguirre is out. Zuma um, was the only fit one. Obon is still coming back from injury. Do you think we go with that same back four come this weekend? Or do you think maybe Dawson or Obonna will come back into that starting eleven? So I read Dawson, um, Obonna's out for like at least another month. Like they don't think he'll be back. I think Dawson's close, but they still think that'll be a struggle. So I think it'll be the same back five that started because they said Fabianski's back too. So yeah. yeah, I think it will be the same back five and... Well, I don't know who's going to play up top for Notts Forest. At the weekend, I believe it was Sam Surridge and who's the other striker? Uh, Johnson. Yep, Brendan Johnson. So Brendan Johnson. The other question is that they, they did bring a, um, Oweniwi on. So yeah, whether Oweniwi. he gets any start because obviously he's a, their new signing. Yeah, and then it just, I don't know. I would probably imagine the team will be very similar. But I also think it probably does need changing. Like, there has been the whole talk on social media about the lack of depth in this team. But I'm looking at the team, the players we sold, and I don't know this, but I don't feel like the players we sold got many minutes last year or we've lost. I'm going to look at us, like, transfers out or transfers lost this year. Uh, So, Ryan Fredericks, probably less than a 1,000 minutes in the Premier League. Uh, Nathan Holland, David Martin, Mark Noble, less than a thousand minutes. Uh, Sonny Perkins, Andre Armalenko, uh, Elise Issa Diop. So you're probably looking comparatively like you're not losing any starters. And I think the frustration is that of all the signs that brought in, one of them's injured, one of them hasn't really got any time yet. So we need to bring someone in. We do need another centre-back because there was the thing. Yeah, of... let's... Yeah. Sorry, let's do this as a little segue then. So this is the perfect time to talk about our transfer window um, and what's happened since our last pod. So late last week, uh, we confirmed the sign of Maxwell Corney from Burnley um, for about £17.5 million, which was his release clause, which we finally agreed to meet. Um, good signing, bad signing, indifferent. Where do you sit on this one? For the price we paid, I think that's a really good signing. A guy that was Premier League quality for seventeen and a half million pounds, not on probably astronomical wages, improves our depth of our squads. I think it's an absolute. I wouldn't say banker signing, but it just made absolute sense. Like 
why you would go and sign him. So I'm really happy we did. Yeah. I don't know what you think, but 100% a tick in my eyes. Yeah, I think we need more. He's not necessarily what we needed, um, but it, that seems to have paved the way for Nikola Vlasic, who looks like he's going to sign for Torino on loan um, for the season. So, I mean, probably a miss in the David Moyes transfer target there, which is probably the yeah. only one we've had from him so far. So I think Corne yeah. is a very, very good player. Um, we saw it at Burnley getting the amount of goals and assists he did in a team that went down. So it just uh, whether he slots straight into the starting eleven, we will see. Um, but I think he's definitely an improvement uh, in terms of squad depth. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. And... I don't know what sort of role he'll play, whether he'll be a winger or a wing-back, but I wouldn't hate to see him start this weekend because I don't think Lanzini done much or Fornals or Bowen. And, yeah, Bowen's definitely going to stay in the team, but I wouldn't hate Cornet against the Notts-Warris side. Like, yeah, he's he's fast, he's direct. I think it'd be a good good game to start him in. Yeah, I agree. It should be, uh, it would be a nice way to bet him into the team. Um, obviously, like I say, Vlasic looks like he's on his way out. Um, it hasn't actually been confirmed yet, but it's apparently all but done. He was having his medical yesterday. One person that has left though is Issa Diop, who has signed for Fulham, uh, which was confirmed late last evening. Um, we all sort of knew this was coming. It's no surprise to anyone. It's a bit of a shame, really, because a couple of years ago there were. Big rumours about Diop and his future and how great he was going to be. But obviously, it's just sort of fallen by the wayside. A couple of injuries here and there. And he just never really quite lived up to that potential. But it does mean we really do need to sign a new centre-back now. Mm. Yeah, like it makes sense. Like After he said he wouldn't play at the weekend, fine. If he didn't want to, he didn't want to. But like £15 million after we spent £20 million on him, ain't that bad. Like, yeah, it, he had to move on ultimately, and we got a good chunk of money back. So, yeah, I'm I'm not disappointed really, as long as we bring someone else in soon. Because if we bring in another young centre back, then I'll be happy because you've then got Aguerd, Zuma, and the other and one other dead with two experienced guys. And I would say that you then don't need really massive reinforcements until two years time. I agree. And the big rumour at the moment is Tilo Kera from uh, PSG. So, and he's, what, 24, 25, I think. So, if we can yeah. get someone like him, um, dependent on how much we're willing to pay for him. But I think that would be a very good replacement. Mm, totally agree. Totally agree. So, hoping the best that he actually signs. You know, just... Yeah, fingers crossed. So... Um, we will take a quick break there. Um, when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit about the Europa Conference League draw, um, which happened after the pod last week. And now we know who our opponents are going to be. And then, of course, we will preview the Nottingham Forest game coming up this Sunday. Welcome back. Uh, so here we go. Europa Conference League kicks off uh, in a week from today. Uh, our campaign kicks off. 
and we will be playing Viborg, Viborg, Viborg. Viborg, I believe it is. Um, who are Danish side. Only got promoted to the Danish Super League the season before last, um, after a spell of about six, seven years in the second division in Denmark, um, and then finished seventh in the Danish Super League last season uh, and qualified for the Europa Conference League. Um, they beat um, whoever it was that they beat. The Faroe Islands team. Faroe Islands team, yeah. yeah. So they beat them to qualify to face us. Uh, our first leg is at home next Thursday. Uh, are you going to be going, Jamie? No, I am not. For multiple reasons, I where I thought we were the seeded team, we played the second leg at home, so I instantly presumed we did the twenty fifth. So I made plans to go out on the eighteenth with Melissa. So no. But also, in a way, I'm happy about that because the train strikes are going on. So getting to the ground yeah. is going to be horrific. Yeah, so it will be awkward for people planning to go there. But obviously, um, people will always find a way. Um, Although, I will say, ticket sales haven't been great. Like, from looking online, not many people are booking. Whether That is because of the trains. and Because I think they were, charging, they were trying to charge me 30 quid for it. And... Without sounding wrong, we've had thirty pounds to play a pretty bad side. Like I don't want to sound like selfish, but thirty quid's a lot, especially with everything going on at the moment. So I'm not hating that I'm not going. No, I don't blame you. Um, it, it does seem like a little bit of a money grab at thirty quid for a ticket like that. I'd say twenty quid would be more than enough, yeah. wouldn't it? It is. 20, I'd accept it. But it's also, it is a lose-lose game for West Ham, ultimately, as well. Because if you lose, everyone's going to laugh at you. It's another Astra Gugu story. If you win, no one cares because you should win. Yeah, so, it's it's a real potential banana skin, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but anyway, think... this... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I was going to see if there's any odds out for the game, but I doubt it. Yeah, well, there might be at this point. Um, just looking at their league form so far this season, as their league starts a little bit earlier than ours, uh, played four games, uh, one, two, lost two. Uh, so currently sitting uh, exactly where they finished last year in seventh place, uh, with a goal difference of zero as well. Everything perfectly balanced, all as it should be. God, um, Thanos would love that. Yeah, he certainly would. Um, so, yeah, that's. I think that's about all we can really say here. Uh, I'm looking at their squad list. I don't know who. Any of them are, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, yeah. According to Transfer Marked, their best player uh, in terms of market value is Justin Longwijk, who has a market value of £630,000. Fair play. So, yeah, they're going to beat us. Uh, and then they got sent forward J. Roy Grott. Um, he must be their main man. 24-year-old striker worth five hundred and forty grand. So, uh, watch out for him. Yeah, that. This doesn't sound good at all. I'm just nervous we're going to bottle it. Like, yeah, no odds out as of yet. Imagine there will be soonish, but if we're not heavy odds on, like, I guess the question is who's going to play? Like, that is the question, isn't it? Like, do you go out there in the first leg with a really strong team trying to get it killed off as soon as possible? Or do you go like a middling team and just hope for the best? Like, 
do you play young players like Baptiste and stuff, or do you just go out there with, I don't know, uh, Kufau, all that lot? And read, um, you see Kufau, you see Skamaka, you see Maxwell Cornet, and you just go, hell leather, let's knock them out 4 0, first leg, second leg. We can really take it easy. Yeah, I think you'll see a good mixture. You might see um, a few youngsters, but I think you will see, especially in that attacking line. You'll get more of your your players that haven't been starting. So probably Scamacho will start. You might get Ben Rama starting. Flynn Downs will probably start in the middle. Mm. Um, I could see easily see Corne starting that one as well. So yeah, I think you'll probably get a little bit of a mixture in there. Uh, obviously, Ariola will probably start as well. So we should have more than enough to see them off. Yeah, agreed. Right. So let's talk about our second Premier League game of the season. Uh, as we go to the city ground on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, again on Sky Sports. So good for any fans that aren't travelling up to Nottingham to see this. And it is Nottingham Forest, um, who, like we say, had a, a very poor start to their campaign last weekend, last Saturday, a 2 0 loss at Newcastle, um, and barely laid a glove on Newcastle as well. I think their XG was less than 0.3 for the game, um, yeah. completely outclassed and outshone. Um, we've sort of spoken a little bit about it, but how do you see us lining up for this one? I'm changed. Uh, yeah. Doubt there'll be any changes. I think it'll be the exact same team uh, that played against City because you know Moyes doesn't make a lot of changes as it is, so I think it will be the exact same team that played against uh, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea City, sorry. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> I would probably make a couple of changes. Uh, probably in the attacking areas, I'd probably bring in Cornet for Lanzini. Um, and I'd probably go Scamacca over Antonio. And I know I said Antonio gets a bit of a free reign against uh City, but it was just while he was on the pitch compared to Scamacca, Scamacca looked so much better. So I'm just like, yeah. But then if Antonio starts, it's like you need to do something, or if you're in that lineup. The week after, I don't know how. So, yeah, I don't think he'll change it, Moyes, knowing what he's like. But if we, it's so hard because from what I saw, we should beat them because they looked poor. But it's their first game back in the Premier League since the mid early 2000s, maybe even earlier than that. Yeah, it was um, uh, 99 they went down. Yeah, so. Just after the Euros bonds, 23 years. That's not an easy place to go for a first league game. Like, they're going to be up for it, the fans. So it won't be easy. But you'd like to think that we are just so much better than them. Like, how many players in their team would get in our team? That's the thing, isn't it? And also, how many players in their team are new and they're still getting used to yeah. the new style of football because. I think it's about 14 signings they've made so far this summer, um, which they needed to do because a lot of their players that got them up were on loan. So they needed a big overhaul. Um, Mm. So, I mean, looks like they're going to line up with a back three slash five, um, which they did against Newcastle uh, with then Toffolo and Williams as the wing backs. So um, you'd like to think we will find a little bit of space uh, in the middle with our sort of Rice and Suchek partnership if they're pushing out wide. And yeah, I completely agree. I think it's unlikely that Moyes will change things. I think the one that's more likely is Cornet to come in. 
um, yeah. potentially than Skamaka at the moment, but I would like to see him get a go. Like we said last week, I think this is, if we said if Antonio doesn't do anything against City, he'll get a free pass. But then if he doesn't do well against Forest, that's when he's going to be starting yeah. to look over his shoulder because he's got someone in the wings waiting to take his place. Um, so I think he starts, but he, he's going to be under pressure here. Um, let's talk about our predictions for this one then. So uh, we'll, I'll just mention last week's predictions as well. Daryl went for a 2-1 City win with Mahrez as first goal scorer, so he picks up two points. You went for 2-0. Uh, correct result, but went for Mahrez as the first goal scorer as well. The thing is, I forgot I put Mares to after the game, so I couldn't even text to change it. Well, what a shame. Uh, and I went for a 3-1 loss, but I had Haaland as the first goal scorer. So, uh, after the first game of the season, um, me and you are both on seven points and Daryl is on two. Unlucky Daryl, back where yep. you belong. Exactly. Get ready to lose, Daryl. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so Forest, um, away, what are you thinking? See, my head says we should win because we are better than them. New team, bare, loads of new signings, they should not gel. We, but my heart tells me that this is West Ham United, that we will bottle this. Uh, I'm going to still go with my head. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to say first goal scorer is uh, Bowen. I do think the first goal is key because I don't think if we go 1-0 down, we can come back because that won't be a nice place to play from losing. So, yeah, 1-0. 2-1 with Stan, Bowen, first goal scorer. Fair enough. Yeah, I almost went for Bowen, but I have gone for a 3-1 win. And I've gone for Antonio. He's got a previous point, so he's going to come out there all guns blazing uh, and hopefully he's going to bully their back line around uh, like we've seen him do before. Um, do you remember the last time we played Nottingham Forest? FA Cup game, was it when we lost 4-0? Loads of kids out. 5-0. Yeah, loads of kids out. It was basically like Lambster's slaughter. Yeah. I mean, I'm just a team from that day. Oh, what a team. Uh, Adrian uh, in goal. Who was in goal? Adrian was in goal. All right. Uh, youngsters. Dan Potts? Yep. Uh, I know Sebastian Leggett played and one of the Moncurk yep. brothers. Was it, oh, no, Ollie Lee. Uh, Ollie Lee? No, you had George Moncurk was playing. George Moncurk. Ollie Lee... Uh, uh, Elliot, Lee. Lee. Elliot, Elliot Lee was an unused sub. Okay. Uh, um, the then? I guess I think we had a so, couple of seats. Alu Diara? Alu Diara was one, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Our team was Adrian, Callum Driver, Danny Potts, Alu Diara. Uh, Leggett was there, like you said. George Monker, um, Stuart Downing and Matt Jarvis both played. Um, and then Madiba Maiga, Ravel Morrison. And Danny Whitehead. Danny Whitehead. I remember Danny Whitehead. Yeah. That is a name yeah. that I completely forgot. I genuinely until I just saw it. He's playing at Macclesfield now. 
Really? Like, does he actually get yeah. game time there? Uh, no, not really. Well, not according to this anyway. No, I've just looked. My record says it filed. Oh, maybe this website's out of date. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that this website is out of out of date. Either way, Uh, that was a bad team that we played. Like we had out, like a couple of good, a couple of them done well. Like Leggett's got a decent MLS career. Dan Potts plays for a good Luton side. Like some of them have forged out all right careers, but in albeit most of them pretty crap. Pretty crap indeed. Um, yeah, but the last time we played them in uh, any form of league competition was obviously the championship. Uh, I know we're in our promotion season. I know that Scott Parker scored against them. I'm pretty sure 4 1 was it or 4 0? We won 4 1 away. Um, goals from Luke Chambers, Kevin Colton Cole, and Winston Reed. And 2 1 at home. Uh, in January 2012. Both goals for Mark Noble. Fair play. So, uh, and then you go back to the Premier League era in 98-99. Uh, last time we played them then, um, we drew 0-0 away and 1-2-1 at home. So, overall, we've got a pretty good record against them, at least in the more recent history. Um, but it's quite even overall. Uh, we've won 46, drawn 26, lost 44. That's all right. That's not too bad then. But yeah, so we will be back um, next week, obviously. Um, We'll be back before the Viborg game. um, So early next week, and we will preview both the Viborg game and who are we playing after that? Who have we got next weekend? Uh, Um, Reddit. Oh, Uh, God. Yeah, Brighton. So... um, that will be a pod of misery, I'm sure. Looking forward to that after their start to the season as well. Lost Bissouma, lost Cucurella, and then we still went and turned over Man U with quite... I will say, though, turning over Man U might not be as big an accomplishment this season as people think. They not as, not as big as it used to be, is it? Yeah. It would not shock me if Man U don't get top six or seven this year. They just look terrible. Absolutely. They need to sort out the Ronaldo problem as soon as they yeah. can. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. we'll we'll talk about United another day, I'm sure. Um, uh, in the meantime, you can find us on all your social media channels. Um, Facebook, Pretty Bubbles Podcast. Twitter, at Bubbles underscore podcast. And Instagram, Pretty underscore Bubbles underscore podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter as well individually. You can, I'm sure you'll be able to find us if you are so inclined. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy the game on Sunday, hopefully. And that leaves us with just one thing left to say, and that is, come on, you irons. On the irons.